All right, hi, welcome everybody uh, to our Outlast mid-season roundtable. Uh, we did a roundtable at the start of the season to get a kind of first impressions of the players to get some predictions on what might happen. We had a wonderful panel, uh, including uh, a few folks who aren't here, uh, but we send them a lot of love and luck and, and thank uh, them for being a part of the family. Uh, but we brought some new folks on to this, uh, to this round table, super fans of Outlast. They've been following along very closely. Um, and so we uh, are excited to have their opinions uh, and I'll just have you all introduce yourself real quick uh, in whatever way you see fit about your connection to the LRG world or anything else you wanna share. So. Stephen, welcome back to the to the roundtable. Thank you for joining us again. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Thank, thank you so much, Justin, for the invitation. Uh, hi, I'm Stephen. I am a PhD student, and I enjoy podcasting about live reality games in my spare time. Yeah, you'll see him a lot on this channel. He's all, all, all over the place. Um, Taylor, how about you? Uh, I'm Taylor. I'm a Scorpio, and I <laughs> <laughs> edit and compose music for Surviving Maine the best around um, and I can say that because I'm the one that does the editing and music <laughs> for Outlast and she's way better than I am uh, so uh, appreciate that um, and uh, yeah we love the work that you've been doing on on Surrounding Maine so thanks for all of your Thank work you. there uh, Parker hey y'all my name is Parker uh, I help do production for Surviving Real Foot and also I podcast about other games uh, on the live reality games channel yeah another familiar face so uh a great panel of experts uh, to talk, to break down what's been going on on Outlast and to see where we're at. We just hit the merge. Um, we had our first merge vote. Um, and so we're right at the midpoint of the game. So we'll first kind of start talking about kind of what's happened so far. Just a reminder, this is our entire cast, um, a lovely group of 18. We love them all so much. Um, so Stephen, you were on the first round table. Um, you got a little bit of first impressions of the cast from the first two episodes, but you obviously have seen a lot more since. So I, I don't know how much you remember about what you said on the first roundtable, but is there any, anybody that surprised you or anybody that kind of maybe let you down in, in their performance in these, these, uh, the first half of the game? You know, I think Lizzie really surprised me. I, I think had Jazzy not astutely voted the caster vote for i think the, the whole story lizzie was like my gosh she's gonna make a deep run she's she's put things on her head she's got she's got it's got her sea legs she's going for it and then jazzy sussed out what she needed to do and lizzie was no more and so that was a very that was a very fun surprise for me uh seeing her her really play hard and really kind of i really thought she, i was stunned that she went home her episode yeah that was uh, when I hear from feedback from friends and fans of the, sh of the, I keep calling it a show of, of Outlast. Um, <laughs> they, uh, that was, that's one of the, the moments of the series so far where people have been really surprised. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think Lizzie admitted it in her round table. She admitted it kind of even in the game that like, she's the, the, her own worst enemy when it comes to kind of loyalty and staying loyal. And had she voted for Jazzy, which she probably contemplated and, and had she done that, I think the game is different, right? It's a very different mm -hmm. game. Um, Taylor, how about for you? What, what, any moments that stand out in the first half of the game? Uh, I mean, my, my queen, my Lord and savior jazz getting voted out was devastating. I hate everyone who's left. Who <laughs> she should have flipped. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. I mean, 
Jazzy was an amazing character. Uh, we were very lucky to have her on our last because she's a confessional assassin, number one. Like, she's just so good and so raw and so real, which I think, especially people who haven't played these games before, can be a little tentative in their confessionals. They don't know how much to say. They don't know who to call out, who not to call out, like what's going to be aired. And I love that Jazzy just kind of doesn't care and just says what's on her mind and is just so real and plays the game and, and tells the audience how she's playing the game, right? And that's, as audience members, that's what we want is that authenticity and to really know what's going on. You know, it's, it's funny, as, I, as I've edited the footage, people will say like, you know, my alliance. And you can hear the camera person going, who is that, yeah. right? Like say the names. And Jazzy will just be like, this person, that person, like she just, she has no qualms with telling it how it is. So her arc has best definitely been interesting. We can, well, I'm sure we'll talk a little more about that as well. Um, Parker, what, any big moments that stood out for you in this first half? Yeah, you know, it, it's unfortunate the way Allison went out because she was in a good spot on her original tribe. And you would think just hearing that, oh, she's down the numbers in the swap, she gets voted out, very straightforward, no. She's voted out because the majority alliance does this 4D chess move, thinking through all the possibilities when she probably shouldn't have been in danger at all. So, you know, yeah. it, it was great gameplay on the majority alliance, but it's just unfortunate that she was voted out for things that really had nothing to do with her. Yeah. Another another wild moment for us on the production team as well. And as, even as a host, I second guess, like, should I have even asked if they should want to vote? Like, should I have just mm -hmm. kind of accepted it? But you know, yeah. as a host, I felt like I had to ask the question and right. I didn't, I don't want to impact the game in any way. Uh, mm -hmm. And I, I don't know if not asking the question impacts the game. I don't know if asking the question impacts the game. It's such a hard mm -hmm. thing to think about. Um, but yeah, it was, it was certainly a shock to me and a shock to me that they went for Allison over Nick, which Nick seemed to be the bigger threat in that trio. Um, yep. But maybe, the, you know, potentially, I, I think they probably were thinking about tribe strength and trying to maybe win more challenges. And maybe Nick was a, had a little bit more of an edge over Allison in that regard. Um, but uh, that was a big, big shock to me as well. Um, but we, we also, an, another great jazzy moment uh, that I, I certainly want to talk about and get your opinions on was, was the very first tribal council, actually. Um, we, first tribal council, we have a split vote. Um, and a tie, right? So, you know, to recap for those who haven't watched, I don't want to spoil too, too much if you haven't watched, but it's a big moment, so we're going to talk about it. Um, you know, there was a plan where Jazzy got the majority to split their votes uh, or plan to split their votes between uh, Lizzie and Stephanie, and then she rallied a crew to try to get Kim out uh, in that first round. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think Carlos and John kind of sussed it out. They Something didn't feel right to them, so they decided not to split the way that Jazzy suggested. Um, and had they not done that, Kim would have been the first person out. You know, like, had they split the vote the way they were supposed mm -hmm. to, um, or if, as Jazzy put it, if John didn't F it up, you know, like, then, <laughs> then Kim's the first person out of it last, which after playing with Kim and Millennium Alliance, that would have completely blown my mind at Millennium Alliance, Millennium Park. Uh, <laughs> I uh, played with her in Millennium Park and we were, you know, very, very close and she's a brilliant player. And I, that would have been shocking to me if she's the first person out. It just would have been so wild. But I, again, I love Jazzy thought she was on the bottom. She tried to make a big move and making big moves early is brilliant. It obviously though puts a big target on your back. Right. And I think that that's the weight she carried for a lot of the game after that is, is that target um, being on her back. Um, or we can blame Eric for not giving Stephanie <laughs> the immunity. Clearly, it's all his fault. 
or that, right? Uh, <laughs> could have been that. Um, and one thing I did think about was, um, you know, it's probably would have happened too fast. I can't remember if I actually asked Lizzie about this in the round table. I, I know it's been on my mind a little bit. Like, what if Lizzie gave Stephanie the immunity necklace, right? Like if she handed it to her, um, I don't know that she would have done that. Um, mm -hmm. But if they, if the, would you if have allowed the, it? Yeah, I mean, I, oh. I think I would have. I don't know. Uh, that, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> in my head, right? Like we've talked, I, I, I ask about it in um, the last episode, right? Like if people are able to kind of give immunity away. I realized I don't ask it consistently in tribal councils. So good host note to remember if I'm going to do it, let's make sure I ask consistently every tribal or not. Um, but uh, Justin, yeah. wait, you're a really good host. I just wanted to say that. I don't think I told you that yet. You're such Thank a good you. host. I appreciate yeah. that. It is, it is <laughs> hard. Um, of course, as I'm also editing the footage, I hate watching myself, number one. So yeah. <laughs> try to put this on the show as a least amount as possible. Um, but it's also like, oh, there's so many things that I've learned, right? Like um, I have this tendency to like not really start a challenge very emphatically. I'm always like, go ahead. <laughs> and my cr entire crew makes fun of me for it. Um, so I've learned I need a little bit more oomph in the way maybe I, uh, I start challenges. So it's a good learning process, but I appreciate that. Um, you know, I, it's a lot of work. It's exhausting, but it's so much fun. Like it's, it's being on the host side is so, so, so much fun. Um, and being able to kind of watch the game, but also now see so many things that I didn't see because I'm hosting. So my brain is in a thousand places. I don't see a lot of the gameplay. So anyway, um, yeah, so we've talked about kind of the big first vote. We've talked about uh, the swap and Allison's uh, blind side. Um, we've talked about Jazzy's arc a little bit. I don't know if there's anything else we want we want to say there, but obviously we love love Jazzy and love the, the character that she was. Any other kind of big moments kind of pre-merge that stood out to you? Any favorite challenges? Any Anything like that? Um, I love the challenge names and that we get to see them. Yeah. <laughs> good. Good. That's uh, actually was... gonna play that's gonna play into the game a little bit later. So oh. <laughs> I was wondering about that. And I was like, is, oh, is this gonna be like a big brother thing where they have to know yeah. the names of the challenges? Um the fire challenge, dude. Oh I know. <laughs> how did oh, they so nobody was able to what is wrong? I know yeah. Jazzy can make fire now because I mean if you saw her in Surviving Main Season Two. She could not, spoiler alert. So she learned, congratulations. But then for no one on either truck, they needed matches. Like what? <laughs> How <laughs> all of you should be embarrassed for yourselves. It was Shame. bad. I mean, I'm glad we had the matches as a backup just in case. And, and who knows, right? Like we did give them like brand, brand new flint and steel, but they were getting sparks. So I don't think there was anything faulty with that. Um, the no. materials may have been hard, right? Like we didn't really give them mm -hmm. any true, like true coconut husk or anything that's like really, really a kindling kit of any kind. There mm -hmm. was some stuff, but maybe Someone not. could have burned a sock. They could have made a sacrifice. Yeah, you never know. So, <laughs> yeah, so that was that was a little tough. Um, I think a good note for future Outlast players um, is to practice fire, and it's maybe not always going to be perfect, but make sure you know. Um, how, but it, it, it was interesting. It was, it was certainly interesting. And, and spoiler alert, we'll probably see something similar happening down the road. So uh, uh, get ready. <laughs> uh, I, I also liked the uh, ingenuity of the challenge where they had to hold the beanbags on the little platform because mm -hmm. it's so rare you get to see the tribes 
cross communicate and cut mm-hmm. deals and so much, which is normally like an old soul survivor, like don't do that. Don't associate with the other tribe. Don't cut deals. And yet <laughs> we just saw them do it right in the open. So I thought that was really cool to see. Yeah. And that, that was a little bit by design, but kind of a happy accident as well. Um, you know, I, I knew having kind of a little group of people down there, discussions could happen. Um, but it wasn't, you know, I wasn't like trying for it. The fact that it happened was great. Um, you know, and there was so many dynamics at play there because Lizzie being sick during that challenge and sitting out, you know, caused the challenge to probably go on a lot longer than it was intended because one side finished really quickly and the other side was really struggling to get their beanbags um, all the way through. So uh, I think the challenge went on a lot longer than maybe uh, we had originally thought. So it allowed that conversation to happen though, which was, which was kind of cool. Um, any other, so I'll kind of go, I'll go backwards this time. Parker, as we, as we get to the merge, do you have one or two favorites people that you're keeping an eye on and, and, uh, kind of are your, your, I don't want to say picks to win just yet, but right, who's right. out to you at the merge right now? Well, I have to say Carlos, cause I actually do know Carlos. So I'll, I'll say him. Um, but also there's, uh, there's a lot of interesting players left. I mean, Kim is just. I think I saw someone comment under one of the episodes, she takes no prisoners. And I'm like, yeah, that, that's probably pretty accurate. She's a great player, but man, does she have a target on her back now? And I just, she's been a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Taylor, how about for you? Anybody that has stood out in this first half? In a good way. Let's talk about positive. <laughs> <laughs> Who are your favorites? You mean that's who's left right now in the game? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that's hard because there's so many people I just could never root for, but the people I don't dislike are Nick. Cause I like bears and maybe he's an otter. I'm not sure, but um, Taylor, cause she has a great name and David, cause he's handsome and Carlos, cause he's cute. I okay. mean, that's it. Those are the players. That- oh, and German's okay. <laughs> all right we'll talk about all of them individually in a moment uh steven how about for you who's who's standing out for you right now mid-game i really want to see how mike plays out this merge from 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 where he's positioned in the what's going to be the majority five of the, of the original wonkas i oh, think he is in the most interesting position and i think he'll be here to see what he does with it he's a dud <laughs> <laughs> I heard they wanted truth. I heard they wanted <laughs> good positivity. <laughs> oh god, that's funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, for the audience watching, I did. I did say to the panel, I would love to honesty. Like I love. I want. I want the drama. Taylor's bringing it. Darn it. <laughs> um, awesome. That's that's great. So we'll we'll pop through um, and. Uh, We'll do a, a moment of silence for our first fallen comrade of of the jur- of the merge. I shouldn't say jury of the merge. Uh, Eric, um, last episode, uh, pretty wild, right? So one of the big differences with that last, I would love your opinions. Do you like this? Do you hate this? Is that we use uh, past votes to break ties? It's an old school survivor rule from the oh, first yeah. three seasons um, only. And I really like it because as a host, and I, I feel like I have to always justify and stand up for it, but I like it because it means that every player in the game, even if you wrote it up first, could impact the result of the game and that every vote really matters, right? Mm-hmm. And I think New School Survivor, you get votes, it's a little scary, but it doesn't really impact the game long-term, doesn't really matter. As long as you're not the one voted out, there's no real consequence for getting votes. So there's no real kind of, 
I think, core reason to kind of keep your name out of the mix and to ensure you don't get votes. So it's a staple of this first season of Outlast. Who knows how long it will last? Um, but I, you know, it's something I'm really excited about. I, I think it brings a new element to the game and it dramatically affected the merge. I mean, who would have guessed that we would have been at 5-5 five, five even going into, into the merge? Um, and so uh, it did obviously dramatically impact uh, the merge where it was really a numbers game and that both Kim and Eric had past votes. Uh, Taylor was the other one with past votes, but she was immune. So comes down to Kim and Eric and Kim had the right gut move to play her idol uh, at that moment, which, which sends Eric packing. Um, Steven, make sure that we say spoiler alerts in our description of this, right? Just in case we don't. Um, but yeah, uh, so, you know, I'd love your thoughts. Steven, do you like the past votes thing or do you hate it? I think it's fun. I think it, I th I think it changes the dynamics versus like, hey, you can't simply have two blocks, five, you just force a tie, rock draw, see what happens. Like, because Kim would have gone out because she had more more votes against her, right? It's like seven votes. Uh, she would have gone out, yeah. Because, er yeah. well, Eric had two. Uh, two and I think Kim had four do you count the revote is my question because it was four in the, fir the first tribal council she got four votes the revote right. and she got three more votes that's a good question i'd have to ask my head of game operations travis so i will find out from him <laughs> what we i leave the rules and the yeah. crazy well, it makes it, it makes you wonder right. given that eric's really like oh no i'm gonna be the target simply because i have votes against me if he should if, what he could have done the signal harder is say hey i am jumping ship don't let this happen what can i do to right. avoid this right so yeah. it makes me wonder like if like it sounded like things really started that morning of the strategy at the breakfast, and if the team needs to really be working the night before to say, "Hey, I'm I'm flipping, I'm done, I'm out of this." Though he flipped Carlos, somehow Carlos got flipped. So mm -hmm. who knows? Yeah, and I think that's the interesting thing, right? I just put the hand, my hand, right in front of the camera. Uh, that's the interesting thing, right? Is like he actually was in the majority. Like mm -hmm. if there wasn't the idol, it wasn't a five-five, right? Like yeah. the votes wouldn't have mattered. Kim would have gone outright, right? So. Um, so that's the, the, I think the interesting part of the mm -hmm. dynamic there too. Taylor, how about you? Do you love it? Do you hate it? I love it. Honestly, I like, I don't love everything from old school survivor, but that the votes thing, I am 100% in favor of that. Even if it impacts a favorite, like, I think it's the best way. So good for you. <laughs> and also I think it should be the second, it should be the revote. Those, the votes on the revote should be the ones that count. So if I was the, in charge of the rules, so not the original four Kim got, but the three on the revote she got. Yeah, <clears throat> even well, though what about idols? Do those like do those votes count against her? No, they're negated. No, they're not votes. They're negated, right? okay. So those are definitely out. I know that much. Oh, okay, um, I was going to ask that too. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good question. I, I, I will find out, and maybe I'll comment on this post uh, to clarify the answer. Uh, I'll find out from Travis what we thought about with that um uh parker how about you love it do you hate it no i think it's great uh it's so tricky when you have so many seasons of the show to go off of how do you trick these super fans you know not and not saying everybody's a super fan of the cast but a lot of them are so this is something that they're not necessarily planning for or expecting but it doesn't completely break the you know structure of the game you know they can still work around it but it is something they have to keep in mind and i think that's what's clever about it because they weren't expecting it and it is a factor. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, what I like about it, again, is the consequence element, right? And, you know, I've joked with Eric a little bit after after the game about, like, you know, you just you shouldn't have gotten the two votes then, right? Like, you should have found a way to keep your name out of that round where you got the votes. Um, you know, so, uh, so that's funny. Um, but, all right, so that's three votes for it. Sorry, everyone who hates it, Eric being one of them, you know, we're probably going to keep it then. We'll miss his uh, confessionals. I know. See, like, that's... You know, I, I, Eric and Jazzy for me, like their confessionals were amazing. Right? And we have we have some other fun moments from some other people, but I think them, the two of them, were great narrators for the game and what was going on. Really entertaining. Um, you know, I could stitch montages of Eric's uh, antics all day long. Like it's just, it was a good time. Um, and he loves it, right? Like he he and uh, he's has a history and video production. So he like kind of knows what to do and how to do it. And, you know, he plays for the camera a little bit too, which is fun. Um, a little all right. bit. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Um, all he right. So let's do one. He does for sure. Let's run through the players. I think last time we, these are, these are the players who are uh, at our uh, inner game right now. Um, so we had Erico last, we're down to our final nine. Uh, so if we look at original tribes, we've got uh, five and four. Um, so the members of uh, Cano are Taylor, uh, Nick, German, and Nicole. And then uh, the original Wonkus folks are John, Mike, Carlos, Kim, and David. Um, and Eric, as I mentioned, is, was the first merge casualty. Um, so I think we talked about Cano first last time and then Wonka, so we're going to swap it this time. So Carlos, Parker, I know you have, a, you know, you know Carlos uh, from our, our real foot days. Um, uh, so what have, what have been your thoughts about Carlos's gameplay so far? Man, Carlos, he, I, I, I appreciate that, you know, he said right away he wanted to make more relationships and be more outspoken. He felt like he was too reserved last time. And I do think he's doing a better job at that, uh, as we see in the episode. So that's been really fun to see. He was in a really bad swap, but thankfully his tribe kept winning. And then the shakeup at Final 12 wasn't really in his favor either. He, he played a steel vote, which... Granted, results-oriented, did he need to play it? No, but I get, I understand his uh, situation being that better. it's better to play it and still be in the game than be out of the game than have it as a souvenir. But uh, the big question with him is, until this last episode, where does he go now? I mean, he didn't vote with the majority, and yes, Wonkis still has the numbers, but you know, if they count that there were six votes against Kim, they're going to wonder where that extra vote came from. Now, maybe... Carlos, somebody will say, oh, it was an extra vote. And Carlos can get away with the fact he flipped. I'm not sure, but it's not, it's a tenuous position to be in when I think he's played very solid up to this point. Uh, he took a risk, but uh, it could backfire, unfortunately. And Stephen, do you, so if you were in his position at the 12, would you have used the steal a vote? You hear your name's out there. You got something I, I, in your pocket. I don't blame, right? blame you. Like, you know, a, a tribe of six, I, I don't feel bad burning advantage at that point. No. And, you know, again, very results oriented. It wouldn't have made a difference in the merge show either. And we're looking like he's in a swing position at the final nine. You know, maybe let's say he goes eight, seven, six. And then you're like, oh, if only he had that seal vote. But extra votes, seal votes, very tricky, very hard to use, except in very clear black and white situations of which he wasn't in one. And so right. I think it was a, a judicious use. And 
honestly, I don't feel I, I Parker, I don't think he is in that hard situation. I think he is the swing vote between two two groups and he can have whichever side he wants. That's true. That was, that was gonna be my question for Taylor. Taylor, do you think Carlos is in a hard spot right now? What, what's your interpretation of where he sits? Yeah, I think Carlos might be in the best spot, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, is So he voted for Kim, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, okay. And then it seemed like he had a connection with German. Um, he voted with Kim. So, like, it could be 5-4 with him um, going with original Cano. And I don't think he would be at the bottom of that if he did that. I don't. I think um, Nick and Nicole might be the ones closer to the bottom there. Uh, so I think Carlos, like, how does Carlos win, right? Like, who does he go against? Not Kim. Probably not Mike or Nick <laughs> or David. Probably not Taylor. So I guess either way he goes, he has the like similar chance of winning unless he does something mm-hmm. great. And if he's making people mad that we're on his original tribe, maybe that's not the best thing for him. But so the jury is only Eric. Daniel did not make the jury. I don't think Eric made the jury. Eric did not make the jury either. Oh, what? oh no. Oh, that was hey, a fail. Old school. Old school. <laughs> the, the, the tenth person, tenth place didn't always make the jury uh, in old school survivor. So yeah. I'm against that one. <laughs> <laughs> I think Eric would agree with you on that one too. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Carlos is not. Uh, sorry, uh, Eric is not on the jury, so we have not we have not determined who is on the jury just yet. And can I also just say, you know, I I don't think he's in the worst position by any means. I just think his position is tenuous because if it's figured out that he's the one that didn't vote with the his original tribe members, like you said, Taylor, that he could make people mad. That yeah. could go blow up in his face, but also if he can get away with it, and even if he, even if they know, if he flips over, I do think he has more avenues with the uh, other tribe. You know, with that alliance, I don't think that's as clear cut as his orange tribe uh, was. I, I think he had the right read actually flipping. It's just unfortunately with Kim's auto play, it didn't pan out. But this is where you know the winners are separated from the ones who just do really well how do you come back from damage control and i think he's very capable of coming back from it mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's, it, it was interesting it was an interesting flip for me because from a host perspective at that moment in the game i did not see him at, in the bottom of that group um mm-hmm. i thought being with kim in the in the swap he had relationships with kim and david there uh i think being uh, he was already close with John and I think Mike as well. Like, I think he had good relationships across the board. So I was a little surprised by the flip. Um, but, you know, if he was feeling in a vulnerable spot, I'm always a fan of a flip. If you feel like you're, uh, you know, you're, you're at the bottom of that core group. Um, any other thoughts on Carlos before we move on? Great. Love it. Uh, all right. Next we have David. Um Thoughts on David Taylor? You said he's handsome. What else you got? <laughs> <laughs> this man-hating lesbian thinks David is handsome. Uh, I think he's playing a decent game. I think he um, is way better at challenges than he's been saying and like a, a proclaiming to everyone. Um, 
I, you know, with that face and that, you know, that uh, sparkly eyed thing, smile he has, I think he, his social game is great. I, and he, here's the thing. He seems like he's flying under the radar. Maybe that's just the way it seems from the episode so far, but it doesn't look like he's on anybody's radar, like to get out anytime soon. Right. So I think David's doing very well. Um, he made the wrong decision going against Jazzy, but whatever, David. <laughs> that was going to be my big question. So, Parker, let's say you're David. You're in an alliance with Jazzy. You see the little bit of chaos that Jazzy is kind of bringing to the game. Uh, did he make the right decision? It, it's at least from the episodes, the edit, you know, I think there was probably an uh, equal decision among John, uh, Mike, and David, but was right. it the right decision to? to vote out Jazzy in that moment and, and keep Nick. I think there's a lot of merit to it. Obviously you worry about Nick's connections. Uh, is he going to stay loyal to you? Is he going to, is he going to, you know, pay you back the favor for keeping him safe at that point? You also have to just think about uh, past precedents. And up to that point, Jazzy has not always done what she said she'd do. You don't always quite know where her head is at. And Jazzy herself in confessionals is saying she wants to flip. So at that point you're, it's almost like, the devil you know versus the devil you don't. Like, we uh, we don't know exactly what Jazz is going to do versus, well, we kind of, we're not going to guarantee Nick's going to be with us anyway, but at least we know that kind of thing. So I do think there was a lot of merit strategically uh, in, in that vote, although it is always risky to pick off one of your own. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, we saw a little bit of, you know, when we were in the kind of the colors, the, the red and the blue during the kind of earn, your, earn the merge uh, challenge moment, right? It was David and, and Sandra in that group. Um, David basically said, like, probably going to be Sandra. I know that. Like, I'm not necessarily looking to pitch anything different. But with German, he was, it felt like he was trying to build a bridge there, right? Um, Stephen, you know, Taylor mentioned David has a good social game. Like, when you're a big, strong guy like this, right? When you're a physical presence and, you know, you're obviously good at relationships. How do you hide, right? Like, do you have, do you have thoughts on kind of the best move for David going forward to, it's hard to be both a physical presence and a social player. Um, so what's your advice for him moving forward? Shepard, Kim and Jim and John as deep in the game as you can. <laughs> I, I think Kim and John are the two best shields are going to deflect a lot of, uh, uh, deflect a lot of, trouble he's going to have. I think if Kim and John go early in the merge, he's going to have a lot of trouble. All right. Any other thoughts on David? David's game. Great. Love it. All right. Speaking of, we have John up next. Um, uh, I will go to Parker first. <laughs> uh, I, I went to I went to go to Taylor first, and I was like, nope, nope. Uh, <laughs> I was like, please don't say me. <laughs> go Parker first. Um, so John is uh, an inter- from a host perspective a super interesting character. I, it was hard. I, I've learned so much from John watching the episodes and editing it together. So much of his game, I think, was behind the scenes, you know. And and mm-hmm. you know, personally, I love the kind of the little drama here and there, like kind of forming a fake alliance with Allison and then getting her out, right? like those kinds of moments, so much fun as from a host perspective. Um, so Parker, give me your kind of recap of where you think John's at and uh, what's his position like right now. You know, a lot of people say that this game rewards the players who are 
just actively playing the most, very active. And I think John is a prime example of that. He will gladly talk to people not in his alliance. He will come up with a fake alliance, a fake story, a fake deal, and has no qualms doing it. And I think that's fascinating to watch. Like like you mentioned with the Allison alliance, that made complete sense if you're in Allison's shoes and even from John's shoes. And mm-hmm. it was brilliant that he came up with that and had no intention <laughs> of sticking to that at all. But it was a great lie. And just talking to the opposition, sometimes I think people get tunnel vision in these games where they so just want to stick with their core and they're afraid if they are caught whispering or talking to the opposition, that's going to look bad or sketchy or whatever. John just does it anyway. And, you know, Kim's noticing that. So that's maybe not great in the short term, but I think that's been his success up to this point in the game. He, you know, he had talks with German. He talks to just about everybody. And I think that's what has been his success so far. All right, Taylor. So what is John getting wrong? What do you think of John's not doing right right now? I don't I just wonder why he hates women so much. Like <laughs> who hurt John is what I want to know. I'm not a fan. I don't know. I just I, <laughs> what he's doing right. I don't see anything he's doing right. Like why it's like unnecessary chaos. Hmm. Like, why? Why have a fake? Like, how is that helping you at all? I don't see how anything he's done has helped him. Um, Well, I think, you know, I think to some extent he's trying to ensure that if the plan goes wrong, his name isn't the one in the mix. Right. So forming that alliance with with John, uh, with Allison, if they are faking that Eli is sick, if they do have an idol and they're trying to do something, maybe it's not John that is the target, right? So I think some of those, from my perspective, how I'm perceiving it is building those relationships, having those conversations are to try to ensure that if something falls apart and doesn't go to plan, I think this last, this last episode is a perfect example. He, was, he felt like he was in the hot seat, but at the end of the day, the votes fell to Kim. It didn't fall on him, right? Um, do so you have any my- insight? Are we... Are we going to find out in the next episode why they didn't end up voting for John? Probably because of the value of the idol. So there is a a storyline that they think he got the legacy advantage from, uh, which can be played at 10 and 6, right? So there was a little bit of that rumor and uh, spinning around that John was the one that got it. As we all know, which was said in the episode, it wasn't John. It was was Mike. but I think that that's one of the reasons. Um, I think the real reason why it was, I think the, the more true reason why it was Kim and not John's because Kim had passed votes, right? So Eric was really dictating, if it's going to be a 5-5, five, five, yeah. Kim has more pass votes than me. That's the only way we win is if uh, it's her and I kind of going to pass votes battle. So I think they didn't know if John had any pass votes or not. And Kim was kind of a sure bet because Carlos had told German about the first tribal council and the, and the past vote situation. Um, so I think that's what it came down to. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think from my perspective, I like, I will also just say outside of the game, like John is a huge advocate for Outlast and is a great uh, kind of promoter of our series and the game and LRGs as a whole um and i find him very entertaining as a human um and as a player um but yeah i it's always you know i think there's there's two sides to every every coin and like will 
all the this wheeling and dealing that John is doing hurt him in the long run, right? Like maybe he's going to burn too many bridges that way, or maybe you know, it, people aren't going to. You know, I think in the last episode he calls himself a free agent or a wild card. How much of that was a show, and how much of that you know um, is is real? You know, it could people if people start seeing him have enough of these conversations, it could you know raise some flags. Yeah, I, I he's. From what I've seen in the episodes, he's kind of in a very prominent role in his tribe. He's kind of—I don't want to say he's like the tribe leader, but there's a lot of chatter about John, a lot of people discussing John, and that does not feel like it bodes well for his longevity. Yeah. Any other thoughts on John and his game? All right. Up next, Kim. All right. So I'll go—I'll go to you first, Stephen. Um, uh, thoughts on Kim's game so far? You know, I feel like sometimes after you play an idol, and people people will then turn their eyes away to someone else because, like, all right, we just tried. Let's 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 look at other fish to fry. And I, I think Kim has had a hard game, like like just being targeted at every point. I think she may. I'm, I'm hoping she has a little breathing room now. Now that the numbers maybe are in her favor, come merge, but. I think she's just going to be this perennial target. It's be she's going to really claw her way to the end. Yeah, I'm curious, Taylor. Kind of similar to the question I asked Stephen about David. If you are a player like him, who obviously is a strong player, strong-minded, strategically minded, um, you know, probably seen as a physical player, as a social player to some extent. You know, what what can a player like him do to minimize her target in a game like this? Taylor, do you have any thoughts? Uh, I mean, uh, oof. <laughs> million dollar question. <laughs> I mean, how do you? I think I agree with Steven that after an idle play, people kind of tend to, well, maybe that's in a longer game. I don't know about in a, you know, when the, the next vote is a, an hour later. Um, mm-hmm. but people tend to kind of forget about you and like, okay, miss that one. That's fine. There are bigger targets. Um, and now that there may not be, well, the chance of a tie is way um, less on this next vote, then maybe they would go for John or Mike. Uh, if that's if Carlos stays with the old Cano tribe, right? So as far as like what Kim could do, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, what, the first couple episodes, I had high hopes for Kim. I was like, oh, she looks like a great player, a great social player who's also really physical and could like definitely um, dominate challenges. She reminded me of Delaney from Surviving Maine season three. And then Turns out she's like the bizarro world version of Delaney because like Delaney was um, uh, like into like she wanted a women's alliance. She set up this women's alliance. Kim is like hates women as much as John does. And why? (laughs) Kim and John, I love you guys. I'm so sorry about the way I'm talking. I'm sure you're very lovely people. I'm just having fun. I just really like to be a jerk. I'm so sorry. (laughs) No, it is interesting, right? Because, you know, uh, one of the things that we designed in the game was two tribes of nine, right? Which would have a gender identity imbalance on purpose, right? So Mm -hmm. there were five female identifying players on Wonkus to begin with, five male identifying players on Kano to begin with, right? And so 
uh, there was a, there was an unevenness, and that was by design to see what would happen in those dynamics. I don't think it really came into play on either tribe. I think um, the Kano alliance is very mixed in terms of gender identity. On the Wonka side, you know, Kim ended up kind of she's she is a little bit of like a a guy's gal when it comes to yeah. alliances. It was very similar in Millennium Park too, right? Like it was, a, a lot of her alliances were were with the men, and I think that's just where she's comfortable. Um, and it's not the worst thing because you got a lot of physical shields around you. you. You tend to have some big personalities around you when you do that. Um, but uh, it was it was just interesting to me that, you know, there was a, a woman's alliance or female identifying players alliance right in front of her face for the start of Wonkus. And uh, that just wasn't the route she went. And, you know, mm -hmm. in some ways, I think that's kind of cool, right? When you when there's a potentially easy path in front of you for the game. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and you don't take it, right? Like, I, I think that that's interesting. Um, you know, I, I think am very it's smart, of, it's smart of her. Yeah. I, like, I'll give her that. Like, smart choice to go with the men. Um, but so what does she do now, right? Like, how does she lower her threat? I, I wouldn't say, like, lose challenges. Like, she stepped <laughs> down and took pizza. What are you doing, Kim? But she, she had an idol, so fine. That like okay, but like win the next one. Like I, I would say keep playing hard because your threat level is already up here. So roll with it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, if she wins the first challenge, or she wins the second challenge, she idles the third one. You get to the point where, the, as soon as you are vulnerable, they gun for you, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't That's think you want to have this mythology, like, man, as soon as we yeah. can, we go for that. I think, I think her losing is like, well, you know, like, we can get her now or later. You're right. Yeah. I'm my answer. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting, right? Because I think in an, an endurance challenge like that, I think almost winning but not winning is almost worse than winning right it's, it's kind of like yes. well she was so close to winning that one we can't let her do another endurance challenge she right like didn't didn't. Win. i i, I she, think she that it this thing to the end yeah i mean she didn't win but she was very close to winning you know i think that's potentially uh you know something that that's out there it's, it's very interesting because i i have obviously a unique perspective on kim because i played a game with her and because i was basically willing to sacrifice my game to bring her to the end and probably lose right like um you know i was able to kind of sidestep around that um similar to my real foot game parker and like i would have gone to the end with shane and probably lost and somehow we kind of i was able to navigate around that but um She's just one of those players where you, you know, I think David is in a very similar position to where I was in Millennium Park. Someone that you gravitate to. She is very good about talking. To, if you are her number one, she's very good about talking to you a strategy and it feels very genuine. Parker, do you have any thoughts on, on Kim and where she's at? Well, and, and I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, we're, we talked earlier about how do you diminish the target if you're just perceived as this huge threat. One is, you hope that you just hope that the relationships you've built with your closest allies are strong enough to where they're like, look, I may lose to you or you may be tough competition, but we started this thing and I want to finish this thing. You know, those are the perfect kind of allies you want to have. And hopefully for Kim's sake, she's found them. Um, but the other thing is, I think uh, just at this point, uh, she's going to have to just get creative. I mean, she can pitch herself to her allies like, look, I have more votes than you, you know, it like if we're outnumbered, I will go home, you know, like I have the most past votes like that, uh, factoring the twists in into uh, the equation. She's just in a position now where she's like you said, Stephen, she's trying not 
to be that person where if I lose immunity or I don't play an aisle, I'm going home. Unfortunately, perception in this game may not even allow her to have that, you know, safe vote. You know, she she may already be at that point, you know, depending on how you ask the players. So it's an unfortunate position because she's had it since the first vote. She was targeted because she was a threat. And people just said she had that it factor. And it, she just hasn't been able to shake it off. But she's played very impressive up to this point. I hope for her sake it doesn't run out soon. But uh, she may be, uh, may be coming up for her. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I like that you brought that up, Parker, because I do think there is a flip side to that, uh, the pass vote situation, right? As you can, now she can kind of use it as a good thing for other people, right? right? If we're ever in a tie again down the road and it's you versus me, I'm going to I'm gonna have more votes than you, right? Like, um, that's kind of the, the obvious Even thing. Even final four? What'd you say? Even final four? Well, we'll get to the final four, won't we? <laughs> <laughs> but that's one uh, way of being a shield. You know, like yeah. some people are physical shields, some are social shields. She's a shield in the sense that she'll go home before you just because of how the game mechanic is going. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Any other thoughts on Kim? I'm realizing how long we've been talking. It's just so much fun when, <laughs> when you're with great people. All right, we've got Mike. Um, I will start with you, Stephen, on Mike. Mike, if I had, Mike, I just called you Mike. Uh, Stephen, if I had to kind of like equate, like I feel like you and Mike are kind of similar style players, like from the mm -hmm. little that I've seen you play. Um, so I'd love to kind of hear your perspective on on Mike and where he's at in the game. Yeah. I mean, so I really struggle with this Wonkus alliance because like you have Kim and this like, it's a glob of guys. And like, I've never really got, got a great sense of where people are in the midst of it. But like, I always felt like Mike, Mike feels just very inflated in that group. I mean, and we've seen, we, we know he has a good social game. He got, he got the legacy advantage from Sandra. Right. And so he has some tools to work with. I think, I think he, the question is, how is he going to, is he going to do something to make himself pop and really like, like, a, like suddenly be like, yes, this is my game. And look, we can see it. Or is he really playing like, hey, if I can just get the end, I can sell people, but that might be more troublesome if he does end up next to a Mike or Kim or John, someone who has had a more perceptive dominant role. So I don't know. I, so I'm really curious to see what decision he makes, and I think a lot's going to ride on the on his decision points. So Taylor, what could Mike do to win you over as an audience member? What could he do to convince Taylor that he's he's the one to win? There's literally nothing. He's so boring. He's so boring. Oh, poor Mike. He's not boring. He'll surprise you. Don't worry. Really? I believe in Mike. Um, so, I, well, uh, let me ask if, you he does something, if he does something with the, with the uh, legacy advantage, then maybe maybe he would have a shot i guess you're right he has a good social game um so i'm bored just looking at his picture handsome guy <laughs> but <laughs> taylor oh no um all right so let me let me ask it let me ask a different way let me ask a different way. so so i think my what mike has done successfully from my point of view is surrounded himself with a ton of bigger threats right so like i think from at this point in the game People are looking at Cam, looking at John, looking at Carlos, right? Like looking at David, right? The people that he's aligned himself with. I think Steven's right. He's kind of insulated and maybe a little bit in the background. I think that's by choice, right? We've heard him say in his confessionals, like he wants to be seen as the guy that's kind of like in the shadows, in the background, like not popping that much, but, but playing the game behind the scenes. Um, so, you know, I, I think that that's an interesting way to play. I think it's, it's, 
I think it's kind of rare that you see, I think, male identifying players playing an under the radar game very successfully. And I, that's one thing that I think um, he's doing, doing really well with Parker. What do you think? Like is, is where's Mike sit for you? No, he's, I think you hit on the head. He's, he's playing an effective under the radar game. It's interesting because I think just from a viewer standpoint, him and uh, David have made essentially all the same moves. But I, I think just from a viewer standpoint is I think David is more vocal and I think more people recognize him as vocal. Like uh, I, I think back to after Allison got voted off and they're explaining to Eli and Nick what happened. I don't think Mike says a word in that conversation and he, he's sitting back sipping his water. Whereas David is taking a very active uh, prominent role in the conversation, explaining why it went down. And, you know, we saw uh, David make uh, big plays to try and keep um, Sandra, you know, very, uh, talkative in those conversations and I just don't think we see that with Mike so if I'm those two in particular I think are similar to me but I think my perception is of them is different so I'm very curious how the players perceive them because you know we see Mike getting the legacy advantage because he has a relationship with Sandra you know and uh, we, we don't see that happening with David necessarily so I think uh at this point, I'm wondering if he's going to come out of the shadows, so to speak, or if he's going to keep playing under the radar and letting the shields be picked off at a certain point. So I, I think he's positioned himself very well, as uh, you said, Stephen. I just don't know if it's the kind of loud game that can win in this day and age in Survivor, because for some reason, the most recent history is flashy winners, which is not always the right way to win, but that seems to be a precedence as of late. And there's this is a group of flashy players so if they all get on the jury, will they like the under the radar play? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. And I will say you can blame the edit a little bit for maybe, <laughs> uh, you know, not showing as much of Mike, you know, but one, one thing that was interesting to me was that Mike got the legacy advantage because I do not, I mean, unless I'm completely missed it, I don't have any footage of, a real Mike and Sandra connection, right? And even in their confessionals, they don't really talk about each other that much. So I was very surprised that that's where it ended up. Um, and I didn't have a lot to put in the episodes to kind of show that relationship. So it probably happened a little bit more behind the scenes, um, which is a testament to Mike, right? It's one of those things where I think people see Kim and David as a duo. They see John and Carlos together a lot. They see, you know, little Taylor and Nicole, like little groupings that happen. and they don't see that as much with Mike and maybe that's a good thing for him down the road, you know, that they, that he is maybe seen as a little bit more of a solo package versus a, a pair. Um, so any other thoughts on Mike? Should I ask Taylor one more time? <laughs> well, we swayed you, Taylor. I can never, our kid never root for a Yankees fan. Get out of here with that. Yankees. Get out of here. That's where the true hate comes from. Now we get it. Now, now it's all clear. Um, all right. Excellent. So now we move on to the Cano crew of, of the merge uh, with Tunu. Uh, and by the way, these are all in alphabetical order. So there's no like magical wisdom that comes with the sequence, just in alphabetical order by uh, the two original it tribes. It just so happened to be <laughs> all the what? original Cano have later, have, have later names. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, the ones that made the merge at least. Um, so yeah. So uh, up first we have German. Um, Parker, I'd love to hear kind of what your thoughts are on on German. We 
we there's been some really high highs and some some low lows i think you know um i was surprised he was the hero it's so funny that uh to me like it was a no-brainer that eric should be the hero in the hero challenge and then german's up there and i was you know i was impressed um uh, eric talks about his popcorn muscles so maybe that's that's the reason <laughs> what's the popcorn muscles is it like just for show muscles is that yeah I think so. yeah it's like you're yeah, you sit there and you eat popcorn while you look at them i guess because they're just for show. <laughs> and um, Eric's just sitting in, in the mirror just eating his popcorn like yeah. Yeah, just muscles sure. that look good but then that not really practical in yeah years. and to his credit i think he had a shoulder injury or something a previous history with that but anyway um german stepped up for that um we saw you know german uh loses his vote. And I think, you know, in that first tribal council for Cano, um, smartly says like, this has to be a unanimous vote so that there's no way that my vote, my lost vote would be revealed. Um, we've, we've seen him, his connection with Nick. We've seen, you know, I think in the episode where, uh, where Sandra goes, like he has some very frank kind of comments and conversations. Yes. So we're starting to see kind of a little bit more of his kind of dominant, I think, game style come out. But Parker, what are your thoughts on on where German sits at the merge? German's been a lot of fun to watch. You know, he's been kind of in that great, you know, ideal survivor position if you're a player where you're not having to go to tribal council very much. And then when you do, it's either a unified decision or you're in the majority. Um, So he's really gotten to use that time to build his social connections, which you can say, for the majority of the uh, Cano members still in the game. But what I found interesting about German, as we see in the episodes, and granted, part of this just boils down to how Carlos and John play, but Carlos and John, for example, choose to come to him and divulge all this information. Uh, like, surely, so that just says a lot about the the presence and the kind of vibe that German gives off that people want to communicate with him. And I think he's been very smart. You know, we kind of saw in that final 12 where, He's not giving any information to Sandra. You know, that's not going to help him. He's just going to vote her out. So I think he's done well at keeping his cards close. Uh, Obviously, this last vote, he's technically in the minority now, so not a great spot. But I think think that if this game is not like original Wonkus versus Cano for the rest of it, I think he's in a great position to be picked up as like a swing vote or somebody in a voting block situation. So... I think he's sitting very well, honestly. And so, Steven, after this last vote, right, they're a minority. What do you do if you're German, right? What do you do? You're in a potential minority, but Carlos is a question mark. So what? Mm-hmm. what's German's best next move? Does he know that Carlos was the one that flipped? I think that's that's a great question. Like, I don't know. If we had no, I don't think we got a sense of who Carlos had told that he was making that move, whether it was for the moment or else it was planned. So if it's, if he doesn't know, figure out who, if he does keep Carlos j- jumping ship um, and, and try to also see if there's other members that maybe you can pull in. If you are looking to have an advantage going forward. Uh, I think he has some, like, I'm, I'm, I, I guess I'm, I think Nick would be targeted for German. So I think he has, he has some breathing room to kind of this, this thing is claws and players, but I think he's in, I think we're going to see a lot more of him, which is exciting. All right, Taylor, what are your thoughts? How does how does German get to the end and win? I, I think it would be easy for him. I think he's super smart. I think mm-hmm. he uh, needs to keep that Carlos. Con- it, I Like I said earlier, I think 
his tightest connection might even be Carlos at this point. Um, and I think he's in good with the rest of his old tribe. I think even people like John like him, right? Um, I think German is golden for at least a few more votes. I think um, the way that he thinks, I, like when they approach the boxes, whoa, early on, um, Car <laughs> when Carlos approached the boxes, I was like, what are you talking about, Carlos? Why would, he, why would Outwit be the one like Outlast? And then German approaches the boxes and he's like saying out loud the things that I was thinking the first time. So that's maybe why I like German because I'm self-centered and I'm like, yeah, he thinks like I do. So he's he's smart. Uh, but he the I was like meh on him. And then that episode where Sandra goes, he's suddenly like Mr. Sass. I was like, whoa like get all bitchy and stuff i was like okay german all right like maybe you're entertaining after all maybe this uh rest of the season isn't just gonna be a boring boring snooze fest right because we have german so i hope he keeps bringing it oh, <laughs> i think he's in a good spot oh boy oh god i have all this pressure now to make sure the rest of the season isn't boring for you i hope <laughs> Yeah. I, I, I believe you in know you. What? you it's the players do what they're doing that the players make a season exciting or not not the editor no just right, you need to that. reshape your entire plan for the season just for taylor's wants <laughs> <laughs> that's right any other thoughts on german before we move along i was just going to quickly add that you know we see a lot of the talk in the episodes in the tr most recent tribal council about what is a threat? How many threats are left? Can you work with the threats? And I think it's interesting because I don't get the impression German is seen as one of the biggest threats. And yet I think he has one of the best social positionings left yeah. in the game. So I can easily see a, him sliding by because people are worried about the Kims and the Johns and the Taylors and whoever it may be. So I, I think for that reason alone, he's also got a little bit of security. Great. Love it. All right. Up next, we have Nick. I'll go to you first. Taylor, do you love the bear? So we'll go to you. I'll, I'll make sure you get your, your first. Uh, you can Does be Nick first. identify as a bear? <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know. Nick, I don't, you're my bear. You're my bear, Nick. Uh, I, I think Nick also has a great social game. He is decent in challenges. I think he has good connections. What he's done so far, like I don't know how we like I think we were talking about it earlier. I don't I don't know how he was able to scrape by those votes where he was, you know, uh in the minority on that swap tribe. Um but I do like from what we were shown, I think it's his social game that's doing that for him. And so if he keeps that up, he is I think the biggest threat from uh original cano at this point mm -hmm. i think it's him and taylor are the people that they should be going after if original Locus is gonna stick together at all um so he needs to watch out and i don't know how he can lower that threat yeah yeah i think it's interesting you know steven from your perspective do you interpret Nick scraping by those votes uh, when he was on the new Wonka's tribe as Nick's gameplay or David, John, Mike making those decisions. And how much of it do you think is his social game that kept him there versus Nick, John and David saying, this is what we're going to do. And Nick's kind of just along for the ride. That's what is kind of my question, right? It's like how much of that's interpreted as a David decision or a Nick's 
social gain that helped David make that decision, right? And kind of uh, gave him the power to do that. I don't think it matters what I think. It matters to the players. And you hear players saying Nick has a story. Yeah. That's a problem for Nick, right? Because it would be great if you could get that and reveal, like, I did this, right? Or be able to have that as a selling point. But you hear people talking about it already. So it doesn't matter if he didn't do the work and he simply lucked out. If people think he has a story and they did it, that's, that's mm-hmm. enough in the game of Survivor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Parker, what are your thoughts? How does Nick get to the end and when? You know, th- th- it's a great question. There's this, I feel like, thought in the Survivor community where if you're in the Nick position where you were survived, you know, when you're on the, bu- or like the majority lines kept you during a swap, that, oh, that's a great position to be in come merge because now you have connection to everybody. I think the exact opposite. I think when you're saved by the majority and you are seen as not repaying the favor, as I, as Nick just, I think the perception of him is, that's not a good position to be in because that majority alliance is going to be salty. You know, they're going to be like, dude, we stuck out your neck, our neck for you. You did not repay the favor. So that could have ramifications for uh, his trust with the Wonkus uh, original tribe members that could have a factor in his jury votes even. Now, I don't even blame Nick for making that decision. He, he, he managed to go back to the people he was working with. You know, I think that was a smart move. It's just unfortunate he was put in the position due to the swap that he had to say these things and he had to uh, scrape on by by the skin of his teeth. But the majority lines doesn't forget that. So I think he's going to have a really hard time rebuilding trust on top of the fact he already um, is seen as ha- a threat due to his story. But how can he win? You know, uh, immunity challenges are great. Uh, <laughs> idols are great. Uh, you know, I, I think he's... I, I Carlos think he's is gonna, great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, there's there's definitely a path, but I think um, I think for reasons other than just his story, he's going to have a hard time because he's not perceived as repaying the favor, so to speak. So I, I think that's going to haunt him, unfortunately. Yeah, and it's interesting. We see early in the uh, in the episodes that he found a couple of clues, and like he went on the idol hunt. And you know, I I think I already revealed, so I can reveal it again. The Cano camp idol was never found. Um, so evidently, I hid that one a little bit too too well. Um, can you explain so, the clue since we like? Can you explain yeah. what like? <laughs> so so what the clue says is from the center of camp, you want to take the amount of paces. Uh, mm-hmm. as there have been seasons of Survivor. So it was 42 at that point mm-hmm. uh, from camp towards a tree that is in the, in, uh, the shape of the letter, uh, the first letter in your tribe name. So there was a set of three trees near the Wonkus tribe that looked like a W when you're kind of at center of camp and you're staring straight at these trees. Oh. Um, and so that's, I think I'm 99% sure that's where Kim found her idol was in a stump near that tree. Uh, and then in the Kano tribe, I will admit, and I've, I've admitted this to them, it was a little trickier because there was like at the back of their camp kind of a brush layer. But right on the other side of that brush layer, there was kind of like a fallen tree that we positioned to kind of look like a K. So if you got a little bit past that kind of layer of brush, like if you were willing to kind of get through that first layer, there was a mm-hmm. pretty clear path towards a K-shaped fallen tree. And there was a stump near there where that lived. But from what I understand, they all went more towards kind of the other side the non-brushy side because it was uh-huh. a lot more clear and easy um and then only they explored kind of the back half of the camp so um so lesson learned uh both from a production standpoint if we want those idols found to make them a little mm-hmm. easier 
Um, and for the players, make sure that you're, you know, scouting all around. Uh, if it's hard to get there, might mean there's an idol there, you know? Um, so any other thoughts on Nick before we go? Great. Up next is Nicole, one of our three remaining female identifying players uh, at the merge. Uh, so Taylor, I'd love to come to you, right? Um, we, we've dabbled on a little bit. Um, how, how much do you think, you know, I, I, I talked about in the episodes, I don't think that gender identity or gender really had anything to do with votes. I think it's just kind of how the tribes played out, how the players played out, how the game played out. Um, but, you know, I'm interested kind of, of other people's perspectives on, you know, at the, you're at the, you're at a merge. It is a seven to three split from a gen, gender identity perspective. Um, you know, as an audience member, what does that, what, is, what does that tell you? What do you, do you have any feelings about it? You know, do you, is, you know should the, well, Stephen's dinner is making noise or something. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, does that is there anything that the players need to be thinking about or doing uh, in a scenario like that? Like, isn't there, does, should Nicole be thinking about that? I guess is my question. I mean, yeah, and and also the person that got the most votes at the last tribal was another woman or female identifying player. So, like, I don't think you can say that. I don't see that, you know, oh, it has nothing to do with anything. I think it does. And it's just like, it's just like, I'm not saying like anyone on this season is sexist. I'm saying there's a lot of men on this season, right? And like we gravitate toward people that we have similarities with, right? Just like, so <laughs> I like don't want to get into a philosophical conversation about yeah. it. Yeah. But I think all the women are going and that is the way it's going. Now the same thing happened in surviving Maine. And then the three women who made the merge ended up going super far, like mm. super far. So, um, and without a women's alliance between the, all three of them. So it could change now, especially when you have sexist players in the game, like John, who only see other men as threats then the women will probably stick around longer if he has anything to say about that, right? <laughs> That's why I wanted to go to you. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's interesting. And and to be clear, right, the game started even gender identity-wise, right? So I, there's a lot of men in this game now. Um, it, you know, wasn't set up to set up, they weren't set up for failure. You know, I, and I make that point because I've been in games where there are fewer women that are playing in the mix, right? It's not an yeah. even balance to start. Um, and so, you know, I think that's, that's one thing to be said. I think um, what's so interesting to me and why I kind of bring it up during, during Nicole's section is um, I think one of the big reasons that Kim is a big threat is because she's a very strong female player. And those mm -hmm. like, like a Parvati, without the flirtation, but like those players are like really put up on a pedestal of like, not only are they a really strong player, but they're a strong female player. And in some ways those are more threatening because there is a perception that it's harder for strong women to get towards the end, right? So, and what's interesting about Nicole is I actually think Nicole's a very strong player, but kind of flying under the radar a lot better than Kim is, right? I think she does Way have- better. What'd you say? Way better. Yeah, way better. So I, I think that's what's um, that's what's interesting is you know I think they're probably if I'm thinking of them knowing them as a host 
I think they're actually probably similar style players and similar, they have similar social games are probably somewhat similar physically. Maybe even Nicole's even more of a physical threat. You know, you see her in the early challenges. She's often the one running first or doing the long mm. run or whatever it is, right? And somehow I think she's sliding by and sliding under the radar much better than Kim is. So I'm kind of trying to figure out what that means um, and, and why that might be. Parker, any thoughts on that? No, I, I think you hit on the head there. I think she started out the game telling the viewers that she wanted to be low-key, you know, kind of uh, overlooked, wanted to be seen as not a threat. And I think she's doing that very well. I think her positioning right now is very interesting because obviously she's technically technically in a minority, but I don't get the sense that she's an immediate target from anybody else. Now we could show up to the next episode and boom, Nicole's gone. But as of right now, I think she's done a good job at just keeping her cards close to the chest, but also being social enough. Uh, I think she can serve to, I think she's one of those people that can maybe even serve to benefit from not having a lot of perceived numbers with her because she's more likely to be picked up by a different group who wants to make a move. Obviously not an ideal position, but I think she's the type of player that can make it work. Steven, how about you? Where, how does Nicole get to the end and, and when? Correct me if I'm wrong. She and Eric were kind of like the life of the tribe, right? Mm-hmm. Of the original tribe. And I think yeah, that the... was kind of identified by a few people, right? That it yeah. kind of seemed like the two of them were the most charismatic, the most yeah. kind of like engaging. I think, I think that's disarming, right? I, th- I think, you know, kind of having the, kind of that very fun over the, over the top kind of approach makes people maybe not, maybe not think like, like, yes, you're going to beat me at the end. And I think she's, I think she's going to be able to use it to her advantage. I think, We've kind of mentioned that we. I think the consensus Taylor might be targeted for her, and so as long as Taylor doesn't just immunity streak and people feel like they have no choice but to target Nicole, I think she has a lot of maneuverability with how this tribe shakes out. Great, agreed. Any other thoughts on Nicole? I just want to say, like, I think Nicole really benefits from her appearance because she's small but athletic she's super extroverted but doesn't come off or it doesn't seem like she's being perceived as a strategic player but i think she is so Mm -hmm. i think she's in a really good spot and i think if she uh were able to articulate that in a final tribal that she she can win i also think that this next round is going to be very critical for her because if the perception is that she and eric were very close she just lost eric yeah. What's to say the other players don't just want to pick her off as well, you know, continue that cycle. Whereas I don't think she's really been in danger at all to this point. I think next round is going to be very crucial. If she can't get, if she can get past that, I think she has a, a long way uh, forward in this game, but this next round, it, it's going to be tricky. Yeah. Uh, excellent. Uh, all right. And last but not least, speaking of, we have Taylor. Uh, Taylor, I might come to you first, uh, just for the name's sake. <laughs> um, but interesting point that you made, right? Like, um, Taylor did just win immunity, uh, potentially that helped kind of keep the target off her back at this first merge vote because she was the other player that had some votes on her. Um, and so, yeah, I'm curious, uh, kind of what your thoughts are on Taylor's game so far. I think she's been doing really great i also think she's super boring sorry taylor <laughs> I, think, I actually think she might admit like she hates doing videos and confessionals she hates it so much you um, can tell yeah 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 yeah, yeah. And so she, she and i text her she's like i don't know what you're even going to show because like I, I, don't <laughs> you, I don't give you a lot and i'm like it's okay like we'll make it work um 
but what's great about Taylor is she is such a dynamic player, but we just don't capture a lot of it on film. So that's, you know, I think the players in the game are seeing that and enjoying that, but we don't okay. get to see as much from an audience member. Yeah. So I think like it, it, people, do people left in the game know that she has won a previous LRG? People left still know that. So I think that once Daniel was out of the game, I don't think anybody else knows. And I don't think it was talked about. Um, okay. I'm not sure though. Um, we hear that Daniel knows, we hear that Daniel uh, has said to her that he knows, then he leaves. And it's from my perspective, and in the footage, it's never talked about again. So she may okay. have snuck through without anyone else knowing. And I don't think Daniel weaponized it. Um, even in the episode where he, where Daniel was voted out, I tried to find footage where he's leaking that as like a way to get Taylor under the bus and like try to get her out. And I couldn't find any. So I know he talks about her being scrappy and sneaky and all these things um, as a way to kind of help uh, hopefully get the target off him and onto her. Um, but uh, I don't think he reveals to anybody that she's won. So to my knowledge, hmm. I don't think he knows. So I think she can definitely win again, um, depending on who she makes it to the end with if she does. Uh, and I think she's in a decent position, although I think like of the original Kano, I think she might be the biggest target at this point because she just won that endurance challenge, which seemed to last really long. How, did it, how long did it last? A little over 50 minutes. Not that long. Okay. Uh, can I just tell you for a second? I was preparing for that challenge and be like, guys, what if we're there to like two or three in the morning? And everyone's like, <laughs> no. And then it literally was like 50 minutes. So I think we were done by 11. Um, but I, I was prepared for that to go all night long. Um, I mean, 50 minutes is, is a long time when you're just standing on wobbly bricks and you know, you're the tired. Balance was a, was a good call. Yeah. yeah. Tired from a long day and, and all these things. Um, but yeah. Sorry, Stephen, what'd you say? The balance portion was a very good call to expedite it. Yeah, we talked about like what those perches should be. And luckily my co-producer Bobby had just a ton of bricks at his house from some construction. <laughs> He's like, I'll just bring them and we'll see what we can do with them. And so two bricks on top of each other gave enough of a wobble where there was still balance, but it was still stable enough. And, you know, it, it is a challenge, I'll admit, that probably caters to people with smaller feet um, and, you know, kind of lower centers of gravity, right? I think are better than kind of a tall, like an Eric standing on those bricks, right? He was the first one out. Um, no, not sorry, David was the first one out. Um, super tall guy, like big feet, trying to hang on these two little little uh, bricks. Um, so uh, yeah, so I think um, it was 50 minutes and, you know, but I think to your point, she winning that first immunity is a little risky, right? Because you're kind of showing everybody what you're made of early on. Um, so do you think, Taylor, do you think that that puts a target on her back, but how did, how does, what's the best way for her to kind of get it off? I mean, to keep doing what she's been doing the whole time up to that point, right? Like she seems super under the radar. Um, her, the only standout moment she's had for me have been in challenges, like the beanbag throwing. That was so awesome. She just like blew a baseball mic out of the water with that beanbag. That was great. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and I think she, I think she also would need to um, make some connections with more people because I don't see who she's connected to at all. Mm -hmm. Parker, how about for you? If let's say you're in a game like this and you're playing with a player like Taylor, 
Um, you know, and I've, I've been in that position myself. Um, you know, like there's something (laughs) about her that, you know, she's good. Um, she's very good with when she talks to people. Um, but she is introverted. She's a little harder to read. She's a little bit, you know, probably you, you get a a vibe that she's sneaky because she's not as probably on the surface as someone like a Kim or a Jazzy, right? Someone that's kind of a little bit more out there. So from a player perspective, do you try to work with Taylor? Does that player like that kind of scare you? You know, it's a great question because I think Taylor's strength, she's one of those players where I think she's really good one-on-one, you know, like she has great individual conversations, relationships, but when it comes to a group setting, she's a lot more quiet. I get the same vibe from Mike, you know, Uh, I think they're similar in that regard. If I'm in a game with someone like that, I would, I would want to link up with someone like that, but you have to keep in the back of your mind that. They probably have great relation, one-on-one relationships with several other people that you're not even aware of. So you always have to keep that in the back of your mind. So it is dangerous. And, you know, we've seen her make savvy moves up to this point. You know, there are, there are times in Survivor where you're faced with a vote where you have to be loyal to your original tribe member, alliance member, whatever it may be. Or, you know, like in the final 12 vote, like, you know, it was her and Daniel on the bottom. Daniel chose to stay loyal. He didn't vote for her. She voted for him. She even sent the voting confessional. He probably should be voting for me. And I know it was probably easier because that wasn't like a super close ally of her, hers. But still, not everybody would do that in this game. Right. A lot of people want to be loyal. So she has that ability to separate game from emotion. And that that that's a killer tactic. I, I agree with uh, Taylor that she needs to keep building connections. Uh, you know, she's in a precarious position right now. She kind of put herself out there winning the immunity uh, and and the vote didn't go her way. So kind of worst of both worlds in a way to start the merge off. But I think she absolutely can continue uh, in this game. It, it, again, like Nicole, she can just get past this next step. I, I do think there's a path for her, but it, it's it's tenuous at best. Yeah, it's interesting because I think she does have that killer instinct where she knows like if it's me or Daniel, I gotta I gotta vote Daniel, right? Like she she had a similar instinct that Jazzy had right earlier in the game, and Daniel right. had a similar vibe to what Lizzie did, right? Where she's like gonna kind of get probably get sniped by their own. So, um, yeah, totally agree. Um, and one thing that I don't think we mentioned and I uh, we've talked about yet is after that vote. There's a little bit of footage, which I couldn't make out any of what was said, but I'm pretty sure Carlos is asking Taylor, kind of looks at Taylor and says, did you vote for Daniel? And she says, yes. So his kind of steal a vote gets covered up because it was basically. Yeah. Uh, And (laughs) I think he kind of goes like, thank you for not voting for me because Daniel did vote for him. Um, So that was kind of an interesting exchange that I like, I'm assuming that's what happened. And I kind of like, I can kind of read the body language, but I couldn't get the words out. So I just decided not to kind of try to subtitle it on my own. Um, But it was a really interesting exchange. It's like those subtle things that I I enjoy watching. Um, uh, Steven, how about you? Let's wrap it up. Your thoughts on Taylor. How does Taylor get to the end and win? The final nine votes can determine a lot of games. I think it's going to really set a trajectory of where things go and, and look. If we if we are to see things kind of stick around somewhat of tribal lines, I mean, who knows? This season can dissolve in the chaos very quickly. But I think final nine is going to make or break. And I think Taylor's again Taylor's game is be very made or made or broken by it. Cool, good stuff. Well, 
Um, thanks to everybody who has watched. Um, before we kind of wrap up here, I do want to encourage everyone to follow our Facebook page. This little QR code should work if you hold your camera up as you're watching this video, hopefully. Um, as well as uh, watch our YouTube. Um, hopefully you are subscribed and get notified for all of our new episodes. They are Sundays at eight. Um, and uh, we have, I think, four more weeks uh, until our finale on April 2nd. If you are a Boston local, we're gonna do a finale screening uh, at a local movie theater here um, with some of the cast members. Probably not as big and as wild as our premiere party, which got a little out of hand, um, but uh, still a good time. Uh, we'd love for you to join us. Um, but before we go, so make sure you follow, make sure you subscribe, uh, make sure you watch um, and, uh, you know, hopefully apply for a future season. Our 2023 season is cast, which is very exciting. We have um, the dates end of end of July again this year. Um, and we have a really exciting cast, which I can't spoil, but it's very exciting. Um, and hopefully just full of very entertaining players for Taylor's, uh, for Taylor's sake, right? Just <laughs> good characters. That's what uh, matters. That's what matters. Um, but before we go, I do want to try to get a winner pick. Steven, you can change your winner pick, and we don't remember what your first winner pick yeah, was. Yeah, because I don't remember. Uh, yeah, I don't remember my first winner <laughs> pick. Um, but a winner pick from each of you, if you kind of based on what you know so far, I would love to know who do you think wins and who do you want to win? Who do you think's going to win and who do you want to win? I'm going to write these ones down. Who knows why? Can I, but I'm can gonna... I go first? Can I go first? Can I go first? Yes, but you're a little blurry. <laughs> okay, now you're not blurry. I'm, not, I'm, I'm better. Uh, who do I want to win? Taylor. Who do I think will win? German. And I kind of want him to win too, but that's who, that. My real winner pick is German. Okay, uh, I'll go with Parker. We'll wrap with our. We'll wrap with okay. Steve. Uh, Carlos will yell at me if I don't say him. So I want Carlos. That's for you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and who do I think will win? Um, God, okay. I'm, I don't want to copy you, Taylor, but uh, that way, German was also my winner pick. So <laughs> I'm going to say German as well. All right, and Steven. So again, I'm I'm very high in Mike train. I think Mike will win, but I'd like to see if Nicole can take it. <laughs> oh my gosh! If Mike wins, Taylor will die. <laughs> Worst season <laughs> ever. I'm sorry, Mike. I'm so sorry, Mike. Uh, Mike is one of the loveliest humans you'll ever meet. He does. Uh, yeah, I will. Nice. I will say he is also self-admitted to me, like. You know, next game I play, I really want to amp it up in my confessionals, right? Like, I think he recognizes that he probably didn't give all of himself. He is a big character. He is, he is very exuberant and passionate about the game. It was This was his his first one, right? So I think, as I said before, a lot of people hold back in their first confessionals. A lot of people, you know, they don't, until you see yourself on screen, you see yourself playing the games, you don't always really know how you're going to come off. And so I think, mm -hmm. you know, I think all these players, Mike included, have learned a lot. Um and I think all of them, you know, for their next games will hopefully give more and do more. And you learn so much, right? I think I certainly, you know, probably not on camera. If you watch my my first, you know, hashtag survival challenge season seven, go launch it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very, I'm actually much more animated in my confessionals than I should be being a first time player. Um, but I learned a lot from that and I, you know, how I want to continue to be, and Taylor knows my confessionals were very long. Uh, she'd be like, okay, go. And I would just ramble for 10 minutes. Um, no yeah. <laughs> uh, but a lot of players, you know, it's their first time. They don't really know, know what to do. So uh, we love Mike. We love all of our players and uh, I appreciate our panelists here, Steven Taylor and Parker for giving their honest 
insights on what they see of the game uh, in the episodes, not reflective on people and, and who they are as a person outside the game, but just what they've seen. Yes. Um, yes, and also their sports teams <laughs> and their sports teams who they root for what they wear all those things are important yep um and obviously at the end of the day i take the most blame because i'm the one editing all of our footage editing the episode so i basically get to make everyone who i want them to be so it's up to me um so most of taylor's anger is positioned to me that i've made these people maybe <laughs> why do you hate women justin right <laughs> um, exactly yeah uh, totally. Um, but thank you all so much for being a part of this panelist. Thank you for everyone who watches, uh, either who has been watching live or watches in the future. Um, we hope that you're enjoying Outlast, enjoying our episodes. We'll continue to follow us um, and follow the episodes all the way through to the end. Um, and we will be back. Uh, we have one more roundtable with uh, our next group of folks who are voted out, and then we'll do a a big finale reunion with everybody uh, after the final episode as well. So um, stay tuned for that. We'll have a couple more roundtables coming up to deep, uh, to dig deep, dig deeper, dig deeper into uh, the, the episodes and the game. Um, but for now, that's it. Enjoy your Friday nights, enjoy your weekends, and thank you all for uh, for being a part of it.